are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Guys, there you have it. Ship it. They processed in 2021 over $13 million in volume from e-commerce sellers by helping them say, okay, where do you want to send that package of shoes? We'll pick the carrier. We'll send it. Their take rate was 25. Well, back then it was 18 per 17, 18%. Today in 2023, because of macroeconomic conditions in Chile, retailers, you know, higher interest rates, less retail sales, et cetera, they'll do about 6 million in GMV. He did the hard work last year of downsizing from 110 employees to 25. They were burning 200K last Last year, this year on track to profit 500K, though to make 1.3 million in terms of take rate on 6 million GMV, hoping to just buy additional time here as they continue to scale 800 customers today because he lost 200 when he increased prices. But that's extra margin to the bottom line. He's bought himself more sustainability, more longevity. We'll see what happens next. Hey, folks, my guest today is Alan Gilloff. He's a commercial engineer from the University of Chile, experienced in business incubation and a passionate entrepreneur and sports enthusiast. He co-founded ShipIt, a successful business that achieved over $12 million in annual revenue with a team of 110 folks operating in two markets uh, focused on tech logistics for e-commerce. Alan, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. Let's rock. All right. All right. Give me a customer story here. Name someone that's using you and how they're using you today. All right. So let's see. Today we have a customer which is called Semoran, which is women's shoes. And they have their store set up in, I don't know, I think it's WooCommerce or Preston Shop. And they easily integrate with a platform like ourselves, ShipIt, to import their sales and will automatically choose the best carry company to fulfill their logistics needs. Either is it same day delivery next day or delivery for next week. And after that, we're going to have two uh, situations. We are going to either send the carry company to pick up or for smaller companies, we, we ourselves, we have a small operation. We call them heroes, where we pick up. They heroes? Go to our heroes, yeah. They go to our cross docks, and then the carrier company goes to our cross dock and pick, picks up there. Interesting. How, so I guess, how much, have, how much have you hired internally for this versus our external contractors? How many heroes are full-time on the team? Uh, at the time being, I'd say like 14. It's, it's like a scalable... We've tried to focus on a very scalable, scalable operation. So at the, at the beginning, there were like full-time employees for us, but then we had them change to a like company contractors, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess, why did you make that decision? Just you want to decrease your burn? Uh, no, it's, it's, I mean, Chilean laws and actually like uh, South American laws are very like employer, uh, sorry, employee uh focused so it's actually very very hard to to have them in your in your in, in your payroll like it's gonna be expensive uh, and it's and they also they also prefer to be as contractors so yep yeah, so this reminds me we, we've had like the freight forward ceo on freight wave ceo on they're they're connecting sort of shippers uh, sorry you know e-commerce producers in mass with sort of couriers you're you're really doing this on a, at a brand level more more detailed level would you would you agree with that statement or no uh, what do you mean at the brand level? 
Yeah. So you just gave the customer example was a very specific brand, right? You mentioned, I think, a shoe company, right? And you're helping them, I think, find space on whether it's trucks, ships, planes to ship their e-commerce goods. Is that right or no? No, actually, uh, we are responsible from the beginning to the end of what happens to that parcel, to that package. So we are going to choose which car company is the best according to the customer's oh. uh, specifications. So the customer might sit on, on, the, on the platform like, give me my best alternative in the shortest time span. Uh, yeah, time span. And we're going to choose and we're going to be responsible. So actually, we're going to collect those 12 million uh, in revenue. We're going to collect the full parcel price have our profit and then pay to the carrier company so we actually have like a 25 percent gross profit and actually i called it gmb and then profit because it's a take rate of 25 percent yeah so just to break that that's very helpful thank you just to be clear that the brand you work with never actually picks their carrier you just have your own internal network and you're picking where to put that parcel of socks or shoes or whatever Exactly. Yeah. And okay. I'm responsible of, of uh, negotiating contracts with carry companies. So if they don't deliver in three days, um, they're going to charge me for free. And maybe I have a different SLA with the customer, like fifth day, it's yep. going to be for free. And break down these margins. So imagine you mentioned 12 million GMV in your bio of the, t- right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there has been some slight changes because Chile, I don't know if you know, but Chile has had a lot of uh, political and economical conflict. Uh, so maybe like a scroll back, 2019, we're selling 2.5 million. 2020, okay. we sold 10 million. 2021, we sold uh, like almost 13 million. And 2022, One, we sold... One, three? Uh, yeah, 13. Yep. And then 2022, we sold 6 million. Yep. So what, what the hell happened? Uh, basically, like, like I said, political and economical, like uh, the pension funds, the government approved four different withdrawals of the pension funds. There was massive uh, uh, inflation. With this inflation came along like uh, interest rates, a a surge in interest rates. Retailers saw a decrease in their sales and my sales depend on the retail sales. So basically a lot of retails went out of business. A lot of them decreased their sales by half. And many of them had to cut costs and like go and negotiate directly to their car company. So uh, this year to be just uh, completely honest, this year we're going to sell probably the same 6 million we did last year. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well, let's talk more about that in a second, but I want to break down the margin profile here for a second. So you did 6 million 2022 last year. You're saying of the 6 million, 25% of that is your take rate or your bottom, bottom line? No, take rate, take rate, take rate. Okay. Yeah. And let's use this year as an example for, so we're going to sell probably the same 6 million. We have a take rate of 25%. So that's going to be around 1.3, right? Yep. And probably as an EBITDA, like bottom line, like you say, it's going to be like 500,000. And look, it's impressive that you're, in this market, it's impressive that you're profitable, you're planning to generate profits. I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a long story, Nathan, because I mean, we were a team of 110. We had operations in Chile and Mexico, but last year we were raising funds. We had a term sheet signed with two VCs and they withdrew the term sheet. What, was, what were the terms? How much were you raising at what valuation? We were raising 10 million at the 13 pre-money valuation. And out of those 10 million, five were for like uh, working capital and five were for um, to purchase a Mexican company. Right? Oh, wow. So, so but you were selling 40% of the company basically, right? 
I know, I know. And, and, and I had a huge problem because my investors were like, where our pre-money valuation is too low. And I was like, I've been for the past six months trying to raise money. This is the only uh, term sheet we have. Are we going to, is it or not? And it took me like four months to like actually convince my investors to take it. And once we, once I get to that point, like the Chilean economy had sunk and the uh, VCs withdrew the offer. And but that, by that moment, we had accumulated a lot of debts. Like I, I didn't realize, I, I think I probably How made much? a mistake there. At the time being, I'd say like we have a $2 million debt. Yeah. Uh, so From it's a bank like, or what was the debt? From the same uh, suppliers, like my carrier companies were my oh. my loaners. And I see. So I have some bank, some suppliers, and although a reasonable debt is going to be like one to two EBITDA, uh, which is like because I pay in sixty days, yep. so I obviously I have like the opposite of accounts receivable, uh, accounts payable. Uh, but it increased like 2.2 to 2.5 times because I extended this, uh, with my suppliers. Yeah, it was like, yeah, the money's coming, the money's coming. Yep. It never came. And I had to decrease the team from 110 to 25 guys. So tell me how you did that, Alan. That's really, really hard to do, but you did it. Just imagine, uh, August 5th last year, like 50 minute call with 40 guys at the time, like, uh, it was it was horrible. I probably spent the next two months, like August, September, October. It was horrible, horrible. Like, and we had to agree to pay their. How do you say the when Deverance. you fire someone? When you fire someone, you have to pay them some money. Yeah. Like we had to agree with them. Like guys, I don't have any money. I need to pay this in the following six months because at the time being we're we're burning like two hundred k a month, and mm-hmm. it was kind of reasonable. Uh, the VCs didn't have any problem with that. But, yep. but and how, how know, much cash you, was in the bank at that point? None. We're we're just playing with money entering, money leaving, and and at some point I, I went to my investors. And actually, this is like a, kind of a sad story. I went to my investors the day the new VCs withdrew their their term sheet. I went to my investors and I was like, "Hey guys, we have a problem. We don't have a term sheet anymore." Uh, but I made out a plan. I need 600k to uh, to do all the changes I need. I need to close Mexico operation. I need to fire people, pay their pay their money. So I need uh, around 600k. And my investors were like, "Sorry, not gonna happen. Uh, you should probably bankrupt the company." I was like, mm-hmm. uh, "I'm sorry, what? I mean, this is a company. We have thousands of, of customers. We at the time being we had uh, over 1,000 customers." Uh, recurrent customers and I was like I'm not going to bankrupt the company and actually I I went against all odds by myself like with no money I had to like push every every debt every payment I negotiated with the carrier companies and told them hey guys so bear with me we've been working together for the past seven years I know I owe you a lot of money but if I go bankrupt right now I'm not going to be able to pay any of the debts I owe you but instead, let me pay you day by day so you don't increase your liabilities. Like every day I'm going to pay you for the same services I use. And that's the way I've been able to go through. And since the changes, I went from negative 200K to a positive 40K per month. 
So probably well, that's not easy. Congrats. Thank you for telling us that story. I mean, that's, there's so many CEOs that had to go through that or are going through it right now, but no one talks about it. So they always think they're the only ones doing it. And it's just not true. A lot of founders are doing this right now. It's horrible. I mean, I, I've heard so many co- companies go bankrupt and I've seen this on other logistics company in Chile, in Mexico, like now July, they're telling me, so Alan, I have a problem similar to yours in like you had in August. And I was like, boy, you're eight months late. You should have seen this coming. Yeah. Uh, happy to help, but you're kind of late. I don't know if there's a way back. Yeah. But So let me ask you a question. I mean, do you, your current investors didn't want to support you when you asked for 600K. Do you turn the tables and say, well, then let me buy back all of your equity for a super discounted <laughs> price? I did. I did. I, 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 offer, I, I actually had two times, but it's unbelievable because the same investor that didn't want me to take the term sheet of the $13 million pre-money valuation, I was like, okay, so you don't want to put money. You're okay for, for the company to, buy, to go bankrupt. Let me buy the company. I'll take all the liability on a personal on my personal name. And they were like, "No, and I can't let you do that." And I was like, <laughs> "Why not? You're willing to it's one or it's one or the company. other." But it's something like some some ego. I I, I don't want. I, I have no problem for you to fail, but I don't want you to succeed. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. And unfortunately, so that that was the first time I tried in August last year, and I. Actually tried again like um, two months ago, probably. But unfortunately, on the shareholders agreement, we have the right of first refusal, right? So I actually made an offer, uh, but I I knew that this guy was would want to take over the company from me. So I didn't actually. So I spoke to my co-founder and told him, "Don't don't just agree to sell the company to me." Obviously, I had spoke to him, and let's wait for the ten days for for the expiration of of the other shareholders to actually like put an offer over the table because I know this guy hasn't hasn't read all the bylaws on all the shareholders agreement and stuff, so he's gonna make a mistake. He's gonna make an offer when actually the pre- my offer hasn't been approved yet, so actually the right of first refusal won't be applicable and that happened. This guy, day nine, he made a $20,000 offer for the company. And I was like, I just knew it. I just knew it. <laughs> and at the time being, I'm stuck with my, with these investors. I, I, I don't have the right incentives. I've gone through a lot by myself, but yep. you know, water on the bridge. I mean, how much do on. you and your, how much do you and your co-founder own today? Uh, probably around 49%. 49. Okay. I see. I see. Mm. Interesting. Well, I mean, are you seeing anything at a macroeconomic level in Chile that gives you confidence that maybe 2024 will look better for the company in terms of retail sales, inflation, etc.? cetera? Uh, I'd, say, I'd say definitely yes. Uh, because this year and last year, we're, there was a lot of uncertainty because uh, the people of Chile vote for a new constitution. And the the constitutionalists, the ones who were uh, to write the constitution, were a mess, just a mess. It's just a political, it's not very PC, but they were a mess. Uh, they were all left-wing, extreme left-wing, and it gave the economy a lot of uncertainty. Basically, the constitution, it wasn't approved, and, and the new constitution to be rewritten 
is like super right wing. And so, you know, that's pro-economy. So probably next year, although we have a left wing government, the new constitution is going to be like the one we have at the time being or uh, right wing. It gives so much confidence to a market. So I hope it'll be better, for, it'll be better for business. It's going to be better for business. So hopefully 2024 is going to be better, not much better than this year. But we're not going to have like the biggest recession we've seen in, in throughout history, but it's not going to be get worse than this, probably. Yep. 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 Interesting. Well, this is a heck of a story. I mean, I, how many customers of a thousand do you still have today? Uh, well, when I, I actually last night, I probably saw a video where uh, surging prices is something like, ah, yeah, actually, it was from a live presentation from a VC of your interviews. Okay. Where like raising prices is something founders are super scared of. And actually in January this year, I was like, okay, so what's killing me is my cash flow. So what if we turn into a completely SaaS business? So I went, I did, I did an interview to all of my customers and my customers said, no way. I mean, I like what you offer me. I like the, the, the retail, I, I like the value proposition. And I was like, okay, so if you like it that much, I'm going to increase my prices. And I did. <laughs> and actually, my take rate went from probably 18, 19 to a nice, juicy 26%, which is almost <laughs> a 40% increase. And, and that's because I searched my prices probably a 10% for my customer, which actually means like more gross profit. It's just neat income with no additional costs. Uh, obviously I had to do some discounts, but I went down from 1000 customers to probably 800 and I had a churn of probably like 7% revenue. So overall it was super positive. Uh, That's great. That's you, great. you need wow. to have some guts and just go for, dive go in, for it. Go yeah, for very, it. Yeah. very cool. Very cool. How did you, I know you're a fitness guy. How did you manage just your physical well-being, just your energy levels, your sleep, your food, your gym time while you're going through all this pain? Um, <laughs> sleep and sports. That's like, and uh, one mistake I did, a horrible mistake was not talking enough to my wife. Um, probably in August, I came one day and I said like, uh, oh man, like the company might go bankrupt. She was like, what the hell? How, <laughs> how come like you didn't tell me anything of, of, of the process, right? And it was like, you're right. And I, I had to stick with all this by burden myself. So my biggest recommendation is going to be talk to your spouse, to your wife, to your whoever, to your best partner. Um, like the, don't be afraid of, of, of talking these things. Shit happens, you know? And sleep st at least seven hours a day. I try to sleep eight. So I wake up, I start working at 7 a.m. So I try to uh, go to sleep at tops 10.30 uh, in the night. I do gym after work and I do it with my wife. And we're both very sporty. So we have a very like, and she's a consultant. So we have a very strict day in regards of work. Then we go to sports together, we eat together. And then maybe we work a, a little bit more together. And so it's a nice balance. We've been together for 10 years and it works. That's amazing. <laughs> like That's amazing. Well, okay. Take us home here. Last uh, famous five. Number one, favorite business book. 
probably my mantra today is monetizing innovation. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, I, I probably like a lot what you've done. So Nathan Latka might be the name. You watch a couple of the interviews? Uh, yeah, probably I'm going to copy your business like you, yeah. chose, like you taught me. <laughs> You're in a, you're in actually in a very good position to launch a embedded fintech company based off how you sit in the payment flows. We can chat more about that later, but okay. Um, um, all right, number uh, number three. What's your favorite online tool for building ShipIt? Online tool for ShipIt must be Slack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, well, actually, we we know situation. So, Mary, do you have any kids? No kids. No kids. And how old are you? Thirty three. Twenty three. Thirty three. Thirty three. Thirty three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it. Okay, so thirty-three, and then last question: something you wish you knew back when you were twenty, Alan. Um, I, I used to work in an incubator from the Chile, and there was like this motto: like money over the table, take it. That not always applies. Like, choose carefully your investors. I mean, if rather be alone than with bad company. So I can, I, I'm suffering this right now. So choose wisely and. Always, always hear your spouse because my spouse told me, she told me, do not take money from this guy. And I was like, you don't know him. He has good intentions. Yeah, right. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Ship it. They processed in 2021 over $13 million in volume from e-commerce sellers by helping them say, okay, where do you want to send that package of shoes? We'll pick the carrier. We'll send it. Their take rate was 25. Well, back then it was 18 per 17, 18%. Today in 2023, because of macroeconomic conditions in Chile, retailers, you know, higher interest rates, less retail sales, et cetera. They'll do about 6 million in GMV. He did the hard work last year of downsizing from 110 employees to 25. They were burning 200K last year. This year on track to profit 500K. They'll make 1.3 million in terms of take rate on 6 million GMV. Hoping to just buy additional time here as they continue to scale. 800 customers today because he lost 200 when he increased prices, but that's extra margin to the bottom line. He's bought himself more sustainability, more longevity. We'll see what happens next. Alan, thanks for taking us to the top. Nice. Thank you.